the, the donut, donut box. The donut box. What's up, guys? It's Joe, and welcome to the donut box, where we unbox stories and talk about things we usually don't talk about. In today's episode, we are doing another behind the post, and this time we are going to be talking about Ed Sheeran. He's opened up about his eating disorder in a recent article with Rolling Stones that was published on March 21, 2023. And there are a few things he said that I want to talk a little bit more about. So if you're ready, let's unbox this story. On today's episode, we have our special guest, our co-host once again. You know him, you love him, maybe. Everybody, it's Elijah Espino. Hey guys, I I hope you love me. Maybe. (laughs) Yes, I know. You you love him, maybe. Right? We don't want to give like a blanket statement to that. That's true. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about Ed Sheeran. Have you seen the article that went out, the Rolling Stones one? Mm, Yeah, I think regarding the his eating disorders. Yeah, like he talked a little bit about that, but he talked a lot about a lot of different things um, in the article. And I wanted to talk to you about it because I think you can relate to some of it. And because he's my idol. Yeah, he's your favorite artist. Heck yeah. (laughs) And we saw a lot of things that you guys have in common. So the article talks about his career, his home, um, his life in general, because it's kind of this introduction to his new album, Subtract. Yes. Right. You listened to the album? I've listened to the album on repeat multiple times. How was it? I would say it's in my top three favorite albums that he has. Top three? How many does he have? Depends. He has like, he has addition, multiplication, divide, equal, subtract. He has five and he has collab. Okay, so, so he, has, like he has seven. So it's like you're the middle? Oh, okay. He has like two EPs and five like like track albums okay so with the track albums it's like the middle it's probably tied for you yeah Mm -hmm. with with multiply oh okay okay that's interesting um it talked in, in the article it talked about how his new album is supposedly dealing with a lot of heavy stuff death illness grief depression and addiction which are topics that he was before really afraid of opening up about because he was afraid of judgment did you see those uh those like topics, those themes in his songs? Like could you yes. did you notice the heaviness yes. compared yes. to the others? That was what made Subtract so different from mm-hmm. any of his other albums. You would you could kind of say that it felt a bit monotonous because it was just really really raw and mm, okay. like he was really into his feelings. Mm-hmm. So, and you could tell when he's singing that he's really like pouring out like what he felt. Like, he was very much into his feelings, and you could really see the themes of, like, what he was going through throughout, I think, the years, mm-hmm. um, especially last year, oh, okay. 2022. Yeah. Because he also said something in um, the article. So this was something that was really interesting to me. He said, he imagines that people listening to this album will see it through a highly unsympathetic lens. Specifically because they'll see him as this rich pop star that feels sad. How did you feel about the al- album and in like, those topics that he shared? The thing is, it's it's when he's writing his songs, I don't think of him as that rich pop star. Mm-hmm. Because since he's my idol, of course, I know his history. I know how mm-hmm. he was... You think you have bias right now? As you of say course this? I have bias. <laughs> okay. But, um, I mean, everybody goes through things. Mm-hmm. Just because you're rich doesn't mean that you can't go through hard things. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think it's also a great representation of how celebrities, we, te- we tend to compare ourselves to them all the exactly. time. We're like, oh, they must have everything going for them. They're so rich. They have all of this, all of that. But there are still a lot of struggles yeah. and a lot of struggles that we can all relate to being yeah. that grief, yeah. depression, and so and, and all of these things. Yeah. I mean, someone dies, mm-hmm. it hurts no matter who you are. Yeah. Whether you're rich, you're poor, if your loved one dies. Mm-hmm. Who is the inspiration behind his album of like the death part? Do you know? His, I think his best friend died mm-hmm. last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so actually in the article, they're testing them. Are you really an Ed Sheeran fan? <laughs> no, because it did say in the article that it was um, last February. I don't know if it was last year, so maybe it was last year. I think it was last year because, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of. A lot of stuff really happened to him last year. Yeah. So it was because of the death of his friend, who had died of a cardiac arrhythmia because of cocaine use. Mm-hmm. It shattered Ed, brought him into this depression. And that's when he also started seeing a therapist as well. Mm-hmm. He talks about how um, he thinks that men will literally become the biggest male pop stars from their generation instead of going to therapy. Like, men are afraid of talking of their, about their feelings. I don't know if it's afraid or more of have been told not to talk about their feelings. So how do you feel about like that? Are you because you're pretty open, like you talk about your feelings a lot. Now I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so you used to like not. I mean, sometimes with my parents, I'm still pretty aloof because. Okay, but it's it's our parents. Yeah, <laughs> parents are kind of hard to open up to sometimes. Yeah, but, but growing up, especially in the states, mm-hmm. it's like you'd get slandered for oh. You'd get like homophobic slurs. Oh, you're so gay. You know oh, what I mean? Stuff the, like if that. you share your feelings. If you share your yeah. feelings. And yeah, it's like, okay, then I'd rather not then. Mm-hmm. But um, I did have a select few friends that, you know, I'd share my feelings. They'd share their feelings to me as well. Mm-hmm. So as the years went by, it, it got a lot easier. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I love that, e- that it's getting easier for you. And I also love how you're sharing how you know men are really afraid to share their feelings because they're afraid oh well well maybe not use afraid would you say but we're kind of like programmed to be like pressured into not saying yeah like hold it down hold it down you know i'm not afraid to say what i want to say Mm -hmm. it's just that i just don't want the consequences of it yeah but it's i think there's a difference of like being afraid of what to say versus being afraid to say how you feel yeah right like an opinion and a feeling are kind of different from each other and i think men are more afraid to share their feelings because of that like oh you know what you said like the the weakness that Mm. they see and things like that which is unfair right um a lot of people a lot of men i think the suicide rate is like higher for men uh the suicide attempts if i'm not mistaken sorry is high attempts are higher in women Mm-hmm. But the ones Successful that actually su- that succeed oh. is men, oh. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I, I think that's the, I think that's that's uh, how the statistics goes. That mm. women tend to want and to commit suicide, while men go through with it and like, actually it, complete it's, it. Like it's successful. It's successful. Yeah. <laughs> like completed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah sorry, it's, like, yeah. It's, it's a successful. Yeah. Su- mm-hmm. It's a successful attempt, and they actually go through oh, with it. Should we say successful attempt? It feels. It that, that's like how that's we that's not... how we say it in med school. Eh? It's, okay, it's okay. Like a successful attempt. Okay, yeah. Okay. As long as we're, we're yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds wrong yeah. to me. Yeah, it, like, it, you it, know does, it does. It yeah. does. Yeah. But that's why, right? Because we're not. We don't give spaces for men to talk about this, yeah. and that's why I, I also really love to talk about this topic because 
he shared so much in mm. this article. He shared so much about how his relationship with food was, how his relationship with his self was. Mm. And I think it's a great starting point to at least open up the topic, right? Yeah. So now let's move on with the article. It continues on to say that during this like therapy, uh, he was able to like go through stuff. It helped him a lot. But music really helped him more. So, you know, that was his way of expression Mm. and way of dealing with his feelings through music. One of the things that he noticed is that he was struggling with a lot of things. Bad Habits. Is Bad Habits from his new album or, like, the older album? Oh, so Bad Habits is from Equals. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that was the one last year. Or a year and a half ago. Okay, because he said that Bad Habits, if sung slowly, is actually a confessional about his addiction. Because he struggled with alcohol addiction because he said he was a party boy since he was 20s he never really touched drugs the other types of drugs until he was 24 it said in the article so it was it was a big part of his life you know the alcohol addiction yeah which also related to his struggles with food but here is what he mentioned which i feel like i want to talk a little bit more about so he said that i'm self-conscious anyway but you get into an industry where you're getting compared to every other pop star I was in the One Direction wave and I'm like, well, why don't I have a six pack? You know, and I love that he shared this because this kind of shows how even in the celebrity sphere, and it's interesting because, you know, how in the celebrity sphere, everyone's comparing themselves to celebrities. Everybody kind of has the celebrity as the standard. But even within celebrities, they have like their own standards. They have like their own tiers of like, this is like the... um, top tier celebrity figure you know those types of things um how do you think that affected you and your relationship with your body like growing up with ed type of thing no like like, as celebrities in general honestly that never really affected me okay it was more of like i saw them as role models i guess so not for their bodies but just for them as human beings yeah and then of course there's some people that would be like oh his body's nice maybe i can train myself to have sort of that type of Mm -hmm. body but that wasn't really a big factor of like why I had you okay. know, problems with my relationship with food. Mm-hmm. So for for me, it's like oh, they have money, they can, they have trainers, they oh, have, okay. they have all this, they have chefs to. So like the them. logical part of you was like, yeah, hey, they have all of these things. Yeah, don't worry so, about it. Yeah, like yeah. I, I can't compare because we're like not in the same yeah. quote unquote league yeah. <laughs> in a way, right? I mean, like you take a look at Chris. Chris Evans, like, oh, wow, he has a nice body. It's like, well, he needs it because he needs it for his roles. Mm-hmm. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, like, when he went for his roles in, like, Jurassic Park or Jurassic World as Star-Lord, he had to buff up. But... Jurassic World. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Jurassic. he was in Jurassic World. Yeah, but Chris Pratt. Said... And, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. As Star-Lord Jurassic World. Did I say Star-Lord in Jurassic World? As Star-Lord and Guardians in Jurassic World, he had to get buff for that, but... Mm-hmm. He said, despite that, you know, he likes to eat and he, yeah. he, you know, he gains weight, but it's his job. So he has to look good. Yeah. But that's that was really just interesting for me that he mentioned that, especially because nowadays, um, more men are coming up about it yeah. and talking about it. Uh, Channing Tatum re- yeah. uh, did it before. But do you um, think, like, in that celebrity aspect that they're being judged by their co-celebrities? Or do you think they're just assuming that they're being judged by their co-celebrities? Like, do you think... Justin Bieber or Shawn Mendes are like, why is, why is Ed Sheeran so fat? Do you think they actually think that? I'm pretty sure there are some people who are like that. Like, I don't want to say all celebrities are like that because, like, just like 
the average human beings. Yeah. There are people who judge other people yeah. and there are people who, who are like, yeah, it's fine, I'll focus on myself. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure there are some people who are that judgmental. Yeah. But I don't think it's a like a co-celebrity mm. um, level. I think yeah. it's more of like, you know, your image. Yeah. And it's a bigger systemic thing where we still have those stereotypes. Like all men should look like this and yeah. all women should look like this yeah. and that and so on, right? Which is why I love the fact that Channing Tatum, Taylor Lautner, Zac Efron, Zac Efron, they opened up about yeah. it. They talked about how freaking hard it was to maintain those body types. It was so difficult for them to, to just enjoy life in general. And they noticed that, that that pressure is there. Women talk about it all the time. Yeah. You know, women talk about the social pressure of looking a specific way. And then, so it was, so it's nice that we're also hearing about that from, from men. Male, male celebrities mm-hmm. or men in general. Yeah. Nowadays, it's becoming more common. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. How do you feel about the opening of that topic? I mean, with my friends, like, it feels nice. Like, I'm a lot more open with people that I would say, like, aren't my best friends, but I'm close enough to be Mm -hmm. like, this is how I feel. Yeah, I'm sad because whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to fear the, oh, why is he, like, opening Mm -hmm. up to us like that? Yeah. But in terms of, like, body image, do you guys ever talk about that? Yeah. All the time. Um, He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, we just because we enjoy food, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not like we're being forced to lose weight or gain weight, and mm-hmm. there's there's no there's no pressure of like, yo, you need to lose weight, mm-hmm. you know. It's more of like, uh, like I'm gaining weight. It's like it's okay, don't worry about it. It's part of life, mm-hmm. and yes. and that's 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 what I like about it because a lot of my friends, especially in med school, are are very very supportive. Mm, okay, yeah, because yeah, there's like a lot of stress going on. And I think your body changes a lot when you're having your weird shift mm. of like 24, 24 hours. hours and then all of those things, mm. right? So it's like, it's just so much pressure um, all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the real hard parts of the article. Yeah. So um, Ed Sheeran, he struggled with his relationship with food. Mm. He struggled with alcohol, but here is something that he said. I found myself doing what Elton John talks about in his book, which is gorging, then it would come up again. Which in the book, uh, Elton John basically said, I had developed bulimia. Mm. Right? So, um, Ed Sheeran also says, there are certain things that as a man, talking about them, I feel mad, uncomfortable. I know people are going to see... I'm like trying to... Have mad, a, uncomfortable. I'm like, like trying to... <laughs> channel an accent but it can't do it yeah <laughs> like i know people are going to see it a type of way but it's good to be honest about them because so many people do the same thing and hide it as well and i just loved this mm. because yes so many people are struggling with disordered eating mm. especially as we've normalized it so much yeah. in our society and you don't even know who is struggling exactly so this was like a, a really like a really great line for me but yeah i mean that's probably the one thing that I really, 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 really relate to on such mm-hmm. a deep level with Ed, where it's like, that's how I was. Mm-hmm. I would gorge myself, then I would let it come back up. Because mm-hmm. I would feel, I just needed to feel that satisfaction that I, that something went in. And mm-hmm. I got to eat the food that I wanted, but then I would feel guilty about it, so I'd throw it back up. Yeah. You know? And... It is uncomfortable talking about it, but yeah, when, I mean, it's only been recently during the pandemic that I've actually was comfortable enough to open up my, about, about mm-hmm. my bulimia back, back in the day, back into like from 
beginning of high school all the way to mm-hmm. end of college and it was like who would i tell like and yeah. then if i told them i'd get judged so hard yeah but you know you need to open up about it because there are a lot more people like us mm-hmm. like me and ed wow what? like me and ed <laughs> besties <laughs> besties ed if you're listening i love you man <laughs> yes. um, that, that's what we want and you're into listen to this podcast yeah mm-hmm. that they need we need to open up because the more we normalize how we feel the easier it is to seek help yeah you to know, work on that's it, how it works to right improve if people stop judging you and they see it in a more sympathetic way mm-hmm. the easier it is to be like hey let's let's help you get some help yeah. let me help you instead of oh, what the heck why does he have bulimia is mm-hmm. there a problem with how you think yeah you know, exactly. that's, that's really that's a dangerous way of you know yeah we support you ed we support We're here you for you. Yeah. Come to the podcast. Come to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but let's talk about bulimia. Yeah. Okay, so first, let's define it a little bit. So bulimia is an eating disorder. Yes. It is characterized by uncontrollable episodes of overeating, which yep. is essentially called binging. Um, so binging can actually exist without the purging, but it can also exist with the purging. And then the binging is followed by purging methods like self-induced vomiting. There's also misuse of laxatives. Um, Other ones that are not as popular. Popular in the sense that it's not seen as purging, but it actually is. Which is exercising extra to burn off. I think that's popular. No, I mean, like people don't really see it as purging. Because, you know, they're just like, I'm just exercising because I eat a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah. Versus like, oh yeah, it's actually, it's purging. Yeah. You know? Well, to be fair, I think that's, if there is going to be one thing that you choose... It would be that. I don't think so. Really? Because you're also putting stress on your body. It's true. You know, like there, there's also that. What if you just really want to eat a lot? And you know you can't sustain that. Is that considered binging? If like, I just want to eat a lot, but I know if I don't work out, I won't be able to eat a lot as much as I want to eat. What, what if it's not like a body thing? I think it's not always a body thing. Eating disorders are not always a body image thing. They okay. are so much more than just your body image. Yeah. It could be from trauma. Mm-hmm. It could be from emotions and stress. Yeah. It could be your all-or-nothing mindset. What if you just love food? It could be the many aspects. Yeah. But the question here is how uncomfortable you feel after eating, mm. if you're stressing over guilt and mm. shame, which then comes into that kindness and compassion with your body. Mm. Are you punishing your body by eating lots and just like forcing yourself into yeah. these loads? Or are you having that struggle that impulsiveness that you want to work through right mm. there are many layers and levels to yeah. it it's not to say that everybody who eats a lot is automatically ha- has an eating disorder yeah but it's also not to say that people who are eating a lot have no added struggles and mm. layers you know yeah. so um yeah so essentially that is what bulimia is you are purging one way through exercise like we mentioned and another one would be through skipping meals mm. So you might be thinking that, hey, you know, I ate too much. I probably should just skip the meal. Yeah. There's a difference with like, I'm full. I can't take another meal versus like, no, I have to actually not eat because I've eaten way too much Mm. and I probably shouldn't. Yeah. You know, a lot of purging is in the mindset of what your intention is by doing this action. Right. Agreed. So something that we notice is that those who have addictive tendencies because he does have uh he struggled with alcohol alcohol and some of the drugs yeah partying. tend to also struggle with binge eating yeah right because uh it feels like an addictive tendency yep. overall now what do you think about food addiction is food addiction real 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, we just we literally just talked about it, right? I was like, what if he just loves to eat? You know? Okay. I feel like I feel like food addiction in some way or form is real, like because it could be, you know, any activity could be an addiction. Any substance can be an addiction. Food has chemicals. You know, food has chemicals. Drugs has chemicals. Alcohol has chemicals. Cigarettes have chemicals. So. I'm guessing there is such thing as a food addiction. Okay. So the thing is, there aren't really a lot of studies that like prove that food addiction is a thing. Mm. And the reason why is because you literally need food to survive, mm. right? In comparison to, let's say, alcohol and drugs, you don't really need them to survive. Mm. Okay. In like the physiological level, you don't what about, need them to survive. What about like additives? That are added in some for, so, sort of food. We're not, let's not talk about like basic stuff like rice, bread, stuff like that. What if mm-hmm. like what about like you know fast food that have additives? Mm-hmm. What if, can somebody be addicted to fast food? Well, a lot of like quote unquote food addiction mostly comes from like the dopamine, dopamine rele- release yeah. because of the sensations that they want you to feel with mm. food. Like they want you to keep looking for it, like the crunch, the crunch, the the, the, the pop of the like soda, yeah, like yeah. those things. Yeah. But most of the time, a lot of food addiction comes from restriction. Mm. Like of course there will be instances where people really are struggling with that mm. uh, feeling of addiction around food. But a big chunk of that is coming from that restriction. Mm. That you can't have it, you shouldn't have it. Yeah. Because it makes you feel like you have to eat as much of it as you can. So it's more of like more. a a neg- uh, negative feedback to deprivation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, since you don't have it, I need it. Yeah, exactly. Type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also because uh, sometimes it could also come from, like, not getting the right satisfaction from the nutrients that you're getting as well, which le- leads you to feel addicted, but it's actually your body trying to look for, for something. For something to, to keep you nourished. Yeah. yeah. So it could be a little bit of those. So for me, I- I'm not so sure I believe that there is food addiction just yet, mm. because in most instances, there's there's so much more mm. going on. I'm, I'm like 30, 70. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a, a good dis- discussion on that, you know? So yeah, because the tendency is if you have addictive behaviors, you also have replacements of your addiction. Yeah. So this brings us to the next part of the discussion, which is the part that I really want to tackle, because this is what Ed Sheeran said. I have a real eating problem. I'm a binge eater. I binge everything. But now I'm more of a binge exerciser and a binge dad and work, obviously. This is something that he said. Heavy, heavy exercise every single day is what keeps his mental health intact, especially while he's on the road. He added that Eating his favorite comfort foods is also what keeps or what's great for his mental health as long as he maintains his exercise. Mm. Right? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, to be honest, there's a thing that I heard where it's like addictions don't end. Mm-hmm. They just, just get transferred or mm-hmm. get replaced. And I think that's what it is, right? Like he may not be addicted to drugs or alcohol anymore, but now it's going into becoming a workaholic. It's mm-hmm. becoming into a um into exercise. A, an exercise mm-hmm. person, right? And I think the best way to solve that is to create good habits. Mm-hmm. And but his song is bad habits. Yeah, bad, <laughs> bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. The thing is, we don't really see. There are things that we see as addictions, and things we see as 
is healthy. It is, this is life. A this is yeah. This is what our doctors tell us to do. Yeah, you should exercise. You should you exercise. Yeah. Without uh, recognizing that maybe it's actually doing the opposite of what you want to yeah. do. Like for example, when it comes to exercise, like you mentioned, it's not a quote unquote popular binge eat, yeah. uh, sorry purging behavior because it's not seen as a purging behavior it's but just he like he describes it as, as that right yeah like you can, i can't feel comfortable eating my comfort foods if i don't exercise yeah. right like you can hear it on in that phrase yeah but in other instances you'd probably hear that as yeah logical 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 if you're gonna eat your comfort foods you better exercise yeah. right don't you think that mentality is such a hard mentality to get out of Oh, for sure, for sure. Right? Like, like disordered eating in general, and yeah. and like your struggle with food is a hard mentality to get out of. Like, it yeah. is not easy because it seems logical. Yeah, right. Of, of course, like it, it's it feels logical to to not eat after you eat in a big meal. It feels logical to, to not eat after, after you eat. like you know to skip meals. Oh, later. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It feels logical because you're like, hey, you know, yeah, I probably I probably ate like two meals worth last night. I'm just gonna skip, and that's a lot of your disordered eating brain literally is telling you it's logical it makes sense you should feel guilty for these foods that's what it is right? yeah a lot of that seems logical yeah but that's what you're trying to work through mm. that's why you're trying to make your own voice louder rather yeah. than the disordered eating voice that's true that's just the way of finding the balance yeah yeah and, and like getting your voice your, there yeah. so here's the part of the here's another part of the article so this is where you can really kind of see how the exercising might not be in like the the best mindset right now. So he says, if you're eating food that you really want to eat, but then also exercising and looking the way that you kind of want to look, then I, I feel like that's a good, good balance. So I think a lot of people tend to throw around the word balance because like, I love balance, mm. you know, <laughs> balance. Uh, we always talk about finding your own balance, but I feel like people throw around the word balance as like you're trying to negate a quote unquote bad thing. Which, in the first place, we shouldn't see food or eating as a bad yeah. thing. Because then we don't have to, like, make up for it. Yeah. Right? And then he goes on to say, So I eat. I love fast food. I love curry. I love drinking nice wine. I love all things that would be bad for you if you didn't exercise. But I feel like I'd go crazy if it was just no carbohydrates all the time. Okay. So my question would be for you. How would you fix this mentality? How what would be the best thing like to go about it this way? Mm -hmm. you okay. know, where it's like you can't just be like, oh, don't think that way. Oh, you don't oh, need to I, exercise. I never tell. Yeah, I, I know. Never, but never like, do that. How how, yeah. how would you go about it this way? Because it's like you know, if it, I wouldn't say it's bad for you, right? But if you don't move, it's yeah, it's gonna build up, and yeah. you will gain weight. It's logical. How how would you go about making that more of a healthy mindset, mm -hmm. creating a better relationship with exercise and food at the mm -hmm. same time so, so this is the thing where like you know we're not saying don't exercise we're not saying don't do these things it's just that it's kind of treated as a punishment and it's not to say that he's feeling punished as he exercises because yeah, he, he loves it, it. he yeah. loves it yeah. yeah but he also has this mindset that it is a way to earn more food it is a way to eat the foods that you love which means in the first place, we have this negative connotation around food, mm, right? Yeah, where it's not a, a good thing because you're yeah. not exercising. It's a good thing if you exercise, yeah. but if you don't exercise, it's a bad thing. Yeah, which food in general is something that your body needs. And food should be neutral. Yes. Should well, it be good or bad? Yeah, right? well, of course, there are foods that are higher in nutrients and yeah. lower in nutrients. Yeah. That's something that's given. Assigning that moral value is what makes you feel pressured to do these other, these other yeah. habits, right? Because you could eat vegetables and still gain weight. Or fruits and still gain weight. 
yeah, it would just take a lot more yeah, than, than, lot than more. other yeah. foods. Here's the phrase that that we can see most of like celebrity culture in. Mm. I feel like I'd go crazy if it was no carbs all the time, which is essentially I would hate to not have carbs. The belief is here that carbs in, are inherently really bad. bad, right? And that's what you'll always hear, and always makes me. It's always kind of funny to me. Shout out to Kim K. <laughs> <laughs> it always makes me feel it's always actually quite funny when i when i see like a celebrity interview and they're like yes i'm definitely gonna eat my carbs on a cheat day like they're always gonna go like yeah. i love my carbs on a cheat day no yeah. no or they're just like i love yeah. my carbs and it's always kind of like should we give you a reward for, for like, yeah for, for, eating, for carbs? eating carbs cool <laughs> yeah. you know when it's like yes carbs are, are a lot of people are afraid of carbs and i would give yeah. people rewards for grabbing over that fear but you know because we have that mentality that carbs are bad, it's now this like relatability card. Like, yeah. yes, I eat bread. I'm relatable. Good job. Wow. <laughs> we essentially see carbs as bad and all of these foods as bad. And that's what's leading to this mindset. So what, one of the things that we would work towards first is creating that neutral um, feeling around food. Mm. Right. Because a big chunk as well of that feeling out of control or wanting to eat so much of this food is because we're also saying that it's actually bad and yeah. not allowed, having that negative connotation around it. And then the exercise is not just about moving your body, it's also about burning as many calories as you, you can. This has a negative effect long term because what if you're overworking yourself? What if it leads to burnout? What if you are um, actually doing more damage to your body than good when you're over-exercising and over-exerting it when you don't need to, Yeah. right? So I would start with, again, a neutral uh, mindset around food and then finding a way to move your body that doesn't feel like it has to be attached to food mm. and movement as its own thing. Yeah. Like movement because you like to, because you enjoy it, enjoy it, rather than movement so you can eat other foods. Or like set a goal for exercise. Oh, it's because I want to get a two-hour you know, the, mile. A two, not two hour mile. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, uh, a three minute mile type of yeah. thing, you know? <laughs> Instead of like, oh, I need to exercise because I ate so much yeah, food. Because I had a burger. Because yeah, I had that. a burger, yeah. yeah. I need, I'm on a burger right now. <laughs> a burger sounds so good right now. Yeah. You know, so like these are just my initial thoughts. We love that he's opening up, talking about eating disorders, yeah. giving more space for other people. For other people. Um, it's just that there are still a lot of diet culture undertones in the way he kind of talks about food and mm. exercise. And it doesn't sound like he's fully recovered yet. Which, I don't think he's close from recovering, though, right? Because he still has that mindset. Yeah, like which, yeah. Is, which is fine. Which is fine, because he's opening up. Yeah, and nobody yeah. is saying that, that you have to be, you have fully, to be recovered. fully recovered. Yeah. No, even I'm, I wouldn't say I'm fully recovered. I'm nowhere near yeah. fully recovered. You know, it's yeah. like, it's okay. It's just that... This article is one of the first openings to, to this topic, which is great. Yeah. However, some people might be reading it, and now it starts to become that, oh, Ed Sheeran said I can it. eat this yeah. as long as I exercise. And then it becomes like a new norm as yeah. well, right? Yeah. Which is also sometimes the dangers of having um, more open spaces for eating disorders without mm. proper resources, mm. because we could also be passing on new habits and new beliefs to other people that we're not mindful of. Yeah, I mean... If you think about it, if we're, we're talking about like food related, you know, um, psychiatry related diseases and stuff like that, like binge eating and stuff like that isn't really seen in like a DSM-5. Like it's there, but it's not like one of the main concerns that mm -hmm. you would see. Yeah. Which I think it should be because it's becoming so, like it's becoming so common. 
you can get like a hundred people, and probably more than half of those people have some sort of eating disorder. Eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually, uh, we talked about this in another episode, episode 12. So we had Ali talk about eating disorders in the Philippines, with binge eating actually being one of the most common eating disorders in the Philippines and in, essentially in the world. It's just that it often goes undiagnosed because it's seen as matakaw ka lang, wala ka lang control, you just don't have discipline. When it's actually so much more than that. Yeah. And um, purging is so much more than that, you know? We cannot judge anybody by what they look like. Yeah. We cannot judge EDs by a specific shape, size, because everybody is struggling with something. Yeah. Men have EDs too. EDs don't have a look. And I'm hoping that this really just opens up more of that conversation. Yeah. Let me just rephrase about what I said regarding the DSM-5. It's mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. but I would like to say that it's not enough. Okay. Compared to like other psychiatric disorders. Yeah, I mean... It's there, but in general, people don't talk about uh, it. Or like, no, it's there, but people, uh, there aren't enough people trained to deal mm. with eating disorders because yeah. it's not one of those things that are like top tier training, psychi- training for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, schizophrenia. Yeah. You know, manic episodes. Like you're not gonna be like, oh, he has a disordered eating episode or a bulimic episode. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've rotated in psych. And I haven't, I, I don't think I've come across mm-hmm. a, a, an eating disorder case yet. Yeah, because, you know, in it's, the Philippines, it's so taboo. It's like, ah, article lang, hindi ko kumakain. Hindi ko kumakain, you know. Yeah, you know. You're eating so much. Stop eating so much. Man. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's so taboo to the point of like, you know, Well, to be fair, that's, that's how it is like with a lot of psychiatric diseases. Like, yeah, exactly. Baliw-baliw lang yan. It's like, yeah. wow, that's... <laughs> so insensitive of course yeah it's just that um when it comes to eating disorders i say it's just harder to diagnose because food is in your everyday yeah right so it becomes and i'm not saying it's like it's the most it's the hardest to diagnose or anything yeah <laughs> it's just that there's this extra layer with it being related to food mm. which is something that you need every day yeah that it just feels like oh, naman yan importante. just yeah. have more balance have more control yeah. just have more discipline yeah right? and then it's just like kind of put to the side a little yeah. bit yeah okay is there anything you want to share before we go guys listen to ed sheeran's new album <laughs> it's so amazing <laughs> i love it this is not a sponsor. It's not a sponsored post. I just love Ed so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elijah, for sharing with <laughs> Thanks, us. Thanks, guys. Um, Thanks for having me on again. Yes, like, of course. I always enjoy these things. Yes, we'll definitely talk more in the future episodes. Let us know what you guys want to hear from Elijah, what you guys want to talk about with him. And yeah, thank you so much for being in this episode. Thank you. Uh, see you next time, and hopefully, we'll have another great podcast. Bye. <laughs> And that is the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, learned a few things because we really want to open up the conversation more when it comes to eating disorders, men with eating disorders, and just not having a specific look for EDs. It's very important to have this conversation and talk about it because it's going to make it easier to work on through it. If you like this episode, don't forget to follow the pod over here on Spotify. And you can also follow us on Instagram at the Donut Box Pod. You can also follow me at It's Joe Sebastian on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, or at HealWithJoe.rnd on Instagram. The Donut Box is an Anima Podcast podcast, and you can definitely follow them for the latest pods. Thank you again for listening, and don't forget, you always deserve to eat. Bye!